Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Star Sound Speaks. Irliana Samsara here of Star Sound Astrology. And today, this is episode 226. And we are going to talk about the astrology of January and, and getting a little more granular about this upcoming week, starting January 1st through Saturday the 7th. Um, and so, uh, yay, let's, let's get right into it. Um, we've all had, I know, um, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and I, my, um, Heart goes out to all of you who may have gotten stuck in all that um, yucky, nasty weather. Oh, goodness gracious. Mars retrograde in Gemini, which rules wind and weather out of bounds, right? There it is, live coverage. You know, it's like, forget talking about it. We just show it in the news. Um, um, so anyway, I hope you've all found um, and are getting, if you're not already home, getting home safely. And also for the um, major blessings for this new year, um, I will be doing the 2023 uh, broadcast, uh, uh, you know, year ahead. I've got lots of notes, but, you know, me, this perfectionist of like, oh, my God, did I remember everything? It's like, oh, God, you know, it's just like enough already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. I'm sure. Yeah, Mercury just started retrograde today. <laughs> anyway, um, I do have that lined up. But um, but today, for, for now, we're just going to talk about this. So for those of you who are new to the channel, welcome, welcome. My name is Irliana. I do Hellenistic astrology, and I blend that with modern, with the outer planets. And, um, and so, and I also love evolutionary astrology. And by the way, my previous guest, Ari Moshe Wolf, if you haven't seen it, part two of the Pluto and Aquarius convo, so deep, so amazing. Um, the kinds of things like uh, you know want to you want to rewind again and again to contemplate. Of course, that's going to be that's coming our way. It's one of the big transits of of twenty twenty three, as you probably know by now. Anyway, so um, let's get started. This is going to uh, you know it's interesting with with New Year's res resolutions um, very loud right at this time of the year. We're all making our goals and everything. Um, it, it just feels a little different this year um, and maybe a little frustrating. Well, my goodness, we start the year with Mercury retrograde, Mars continuing its retrograde from right around Halloween, right? It's not done yet, but it will change January 12th. And Uranus retrograde. So there's three planets, two personal planets and outer planet, all retrograde. But the ones that where we really feel like things really aren't moving um, is, you know, because that Mars retrograde in the sign of Gemini, um, backward movement, <laughs> you know, like what's that song, two steps forward, one step back. But I think in this case, it's one step forward, two steps back, because you got to add that out of bounds. Ah. Um, but the, um, and, and also I have to say too, when Jupiter, Jupiter went into Aries last week and when it did, it was that burst. I felt it. It was, I was getting all this work done and, 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 um, managing projects and all this great stuff zero degrees right Jing. um and then it kind of slowed down a little but um the zero degrees always or critical degree you always want to you know look carefully at what's going on at zero because it, it is that preview of coming attractions you know but um i think the reason it feels like once we you will have a couple of weeks here where you may not feel like that zesty kind of burst out of the gate energy that usually accompanies a new year. <clears throat> but once, uh, once Mars, of course, Mars is in, uh, Jupiter is in Mars's temple in Aries. Well, Mars is retrograde. 
you know, so, um, and deciding in lots of different directions, right? And deciding and re-deciding and going one place and coming back to another. So very chaotic energy and out of bounds. Um, and so we wouldn't feel that that strong Jupiter and Aries is like, I'm a pioneer, I'm going to get things done, you know, and I have hope and faith and confidence. Well, when you're staying in 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 Mars's temple, who's retrograde, you're not going to feel it, but it's coming. So just hang in there. It's still a very important time to make these plan, you know, with Mercury in uh, with the new moon in Capricorn and Mercury in Capricorn, you know, very much strongly favoring long term planning. So get it all done. Make your plans. Don't worry. Don't feel bad. Don't beat yourself up. If nothing starts zooming along in the next two weeks, just give it, you know, to the rest of the end of the month. So we start the year with Venus conjunct Pluto with this Mercury retrograde, as I've said before in previous podcasts. This is a really deep one. Um, this has a resonance with last year's Venus retrograde at these late degrees of Capricorn because it was conjunct Pluto. And so, again, you, we, this is an opportunity where we're seeing um, some very, you know, we can see very toxic family dynamics, um, very much, very strong in this in this particular timing. Um, I, I would say too intimate, you know, the ability to be intimate, um, the ability to have um, potent, long-term, serious conversations around maybe some very painful subjects, painful topics. Um, you know, Meghan and Harry, like, my goodness, I, I would say that situation with everything that's going on with the Netflix documentary and his book coming out next month, I even did the astrology for that, but okay, I'll tell you that later. Um, you know, I would say that the all the archetypes um, very, very well represented in that um, situation, Meghan, Harry and the royal family. I mean, like textbook example. Um, of course, it's nothing new. It's This has been going on for, for many years. They've been married. What is it? Like 2018. So it's four and a half years they, they've been married. And, you know, this the situation with racism and and you know the, the the slandering the press and all that it, it's uh, certainly been going on, but of course it's gotten really exacerbated with Mars in in that war of the word war, war of the words in Gemini and out of bounds where and you know Gemini also rules siblings, so there's all that sibling stuff going on between William and Harry. You can see all that, and of course just we want to take those lessons and experiences and. Um, revealings and just apply them instead of getting caught up in the gossip right of all that just to say wow where in my life is this happening because they're they're reflecting something larger in the collective so the venus conjunct pluto on january uh new year's eve into january 1st it's exactly conjunct was at 27 degrees so yes um our intimate family relationships family dynamics friendships even um, you know, you could, we could be seeing some, I know it happened to me today, we could be seeing some very um, intense, um, difficult conversation, and it might involve with Pluto in, in, in its final stages of Capricorn, you know, we're really looking at, wow, what, and in this case, too, it's like, wow, there's, you know, where are, where's drama in our relationships that that's not healthy, and it's toxic, and it can't be sustained. Maybe this is a time when friend, well, certainly friendships getting tested. Mercury retrograde is always going to bring um, relationships that haven't been working come to an end. But what's really highlighted in this one is 
um, the, the ability to have a healthy, sustainable, what would it look like if all our relationships were healthy and sustainable? So which is the high road of, of Pluto and Capricorn. And it's about, I would say too, you know, getting rid of, or really looking at um, these, these um, you know, the, the uh, I would say energy vampire, you know, for sure might come up with Pluto there so close to this uh, retrograde and Venus along for the ride, um, you know, the, this ability to, you know, uh, where are we, are we around people that drain us, that have our, are on maybe a constant or in family members, friends, uh, loved ones, right? It's all about Venus. Where are these um, relationships uh, sustaining us or are they draining? It's draining or sustaining, you know, seriously, that's, that's really what we're, we really get a chance to look at and what kind of um, agreements and and, and uh, conversations can we have and that will build a, a strong, healthy foundation for our future. Our Capricorn is about our reality structure. And it can also, Pluto and Capricorn is about having us look at old crystallized patterns that, um, you know, no longer serving us, um, conditioning. You know, Ari, Ari talked about this in the previous, in, in that podcast with Pluto and Aquarius. You know, there's this conditioning around um, societal conditioning and old patterns and habits and things that maybe we are just so used to putting up with. And this, you know, transit of anything Pluto and Capricorn has given us is to um, move away and identify first, you know, and to see this pain body and identify it so that it can be healed. So we're very much, that's very a big, it's a very big conversation in Capricorn season with Mercury retrograde conjunct Venus very near Pluto, these topics very strong right now. Um, January 2nd, 3rd, depending on your time zone, Venus is going to then, um, after she goes through that underworld moment, you know, for those couple of days with Pluto, um, Venus will ingress into Aquarius. So um, it comes out of that intense boiler room drama of, of say, family dynamics and, um, and things. And then it goes into the sign of Aquarius where it's a cooler, it cools off, right? Um, chill, you know, um, Saturn, also ruled by Saturn, but Saturn, where it's looking to the future, where we're looking for ourselves in relation to others and building um, relationships that are long-term and future-oriented that give us freedom you know where that where is their freedom where is their not freedom so that venus's ingress into aquarius and spending this month in aquarius is going to you know bring about that and it could be about where where have we frozen you know like in terms of love and intimacy and vulnerability where have we frozen someone out you know aquarius is very much the outsider so Venus and Aquarius might help us identify where are we not being intimate and caring and loving? Where have we gotten so fixated by right? fixed air, our ideas and ideals being so fixated that we create walls, walls and outsider energy. And so this is about looking at that really, you know, it's a great opportunity for this. Uh, January 5th, the sun is going to try and make a trine, a very, has energy of uh, has the quality of Jupiter, right? Trines 120 degrees. Sun is going to try in Capricorn, trining Uranus and Taurus. So there's a big uh, push for some very mature, long range conversations really at the fore. Uh, I, I think about when, when I think of Uranus and Taurus, because 
Uranus is just about at its um, stationary direct point. It's been retrograde since August 24th, and Uranus is going to be um, going direct. Uh, let's just see. When does Uranus go direct? Oh, it is on. Um, I just lost it. Bear with me. Oh, there it is. Okay. Later in the month, January 22nd. But of course, it's going to reach that 14 point right about 10 days, two weeks from now. But it's really close to that point. So all of the conversations are coming back up again. When we think about Uranus and Taurus, earth changes, catastrophic earth changes. I'm thinking right now um, of um, Lake Powell is back in the news. As a matter of fact, let me, let me grab that and uh, pull that up here. Okay, so bad news and good news. Okay, the, the bad news is, as you've probably been hearing, um, you know, obviously Lake Powell, which is, and Lake Mead, those are the dams that um, govern the Colorado River, which feeds all of the Southwest. So tens of millions of people, all Southern California, uh, the Imperial Valley, which is where a lot of our produce, U U.S. produce is, is grown. And I, I learned that 90% of the world's almonds come from Southern California. Who knew, right? It, so it's it's massive. And of course, the water supply being so critical. Well, um, this Uranus retrograde since August, that was really calling us to look at and examine the, the chaos and the catastrophe that we have reached, i.e. climate change and other things upon the earth, what kind of carbon footprint are we leaving? And what kind of solutions can we look at that will alleviate these things and solve these very serious uh, problems and situations? Well, what I found here is this article in, um, it was what, uh, when was this published? Just published. Um, it says, bring new water to the Colorado River and a national infrastructure bank to finance it. So this is from, uh, let's see, the uh, this is msn.com, um, props to the Desert Sun in Palm Springs, which is part of the Imperial Valley. So they're, and they're saying, you know, we can't take another water cut, but they found there's this possible solution. So I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, it's good to, because it's pretty scary reading these headlines, right? Well, what I love here is here's this, there's this idea or this plan they have is to take uh, pipelines and um, and run water from the east to up to the west. So there's this proposed pipeline. You know, I, I haven't read into this. I don't know that, but there's apparently a lot of work being done on the on behalf of these things. But there's this proposal of NIB, which is what National Infrastructure Bank. How Mercury in Capricorn is that, right? How Venus in Capricorn is that <laughs> conjunct Pluto, right? Here's the infrastructure. We're rebuilding and renewing ourselves with our, in, literally our infrastructure of our tunnels, bridges, pipelines, all of these things very much forefront. Um, they are prepared to invest up to $400 billion to bring new water to the Colorado River in the Southwest. One possibility might be diverting water in Louisiana through Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and up to the Glen Canyon Dam. And apparently this would, would fill Lake Mead and it wouldn't take a lot of water from those Eastern states to do this. So that's just an idea, you know, and they said that there's a historic precedent for this. In the years between 1942 and 1943, the RFC financed and built two pipelines of similar length to, to carry oil 
from Texas to the East Coast. And it was like 1500 miles, again, thousands of miles. Um, and, they, and it helped um, with the oil refining during the war, World War II. It was interesting because 1942 and 1943 are when Uranus was last in Taurus. So you, you see this, uh, the idea of using technology to heal and to um, bring innovative solutions to things of the earth, right? Oil in the pipeline, in this case, dams and, um, and infrastructure. So I just wanted to uh, point that out, like, hey, you know, there, I'm very happy to read that because those other articles, they just very afraid because they're only within, I don't know, was it 37 feet of what's called Deadpool, which is when it's so, the water levels are so low that the dam can't work. It goes below those intake towers. So, you know, hopefully some, either this or something else, we can all, you know, keep our prayers going for, for that one. Um, all, I, I always keep thinking of it when I go back to that water crisis. I, I, I was binge watching several months ago. What was that? Netflix was called Selling Sunset. And it was like I worked way too late at night. I needed some brainless entertainment. So it was like this reality show of all these, I don't know, Malibu and you know, Beverly Hills, realtors, and um, I never watched it before, but I'm, I loved all the fashions. The women were beautiful with their makeup and hair and their little outfits, you know, and they're all like walking around selling like 10 million, $12 million homes. You know, it's like, oh my God, so not my world. But all I kept thinking was, I was like, yeah, okay, great. You're honest and Taurus. What if you run out of water? You get, you know, you pay $10 million for a house and there's no water. Right. So that's the shockeroo that we're dealing with, with um, with our resources. And of course, with our Taurus Scorpio eclipses, it's like really, really raising the bar for for this awareness. So anyway, I digress back to the back to our forecast. So that so sun trining Uranus January 5th. Yes, I think these conversations will be coming in around long term planning around um you know, Lake Powell and, and any and any and all kinds of infrastructure projects. Uh, using innovative solutions, um, just in time for the full moon. The full moon is going to be at 16 degrees of Cancer in in the bounds of Venus, and it's conjunct the fixed star Sirius, which is the brightest star in the heavens. It's the brightest one. Ever. You can see it. You know, if you have a cloud-free sky, it's not hard to see. Um, and this, the um, fixed star Sirius is is very favorable. So who, you know, I say. There could be some really good agreements. Of course, a full moon in domicile, and the moon in the in Cancer, the domicile moon um, in its own domicile could, you know, of course, floods. It could bring flooding and more water related, obviously, with Cancer. So, you know, but hopefully we'll, we, there could be some mitigation with this. So we shall see. Uh, the seventh, Mercury, it, when it retrogrades, it, now it's going to go into what's called a Kazemi. And that'll be exact at 7.56 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and the Kazemi is this magical moment where it's like you get this private audience with the king. So in this case, Mercury, Kazemi, the sun and Capricorn, it's going to have conversations around Saturn ruled things. You know, what is the long term game plan? Do you have a game plan? Or what are your ideas or attitudes around long term planning legacy? You know, what is it? What? legacy do we want to leave for ourselves, for our families, for our society? Those are really uh, patient, wise, uh, long-term planning, the things that stand the test of time. These are all very Capricornian, you know, what kinds of achievements and legacies and 
uh, things that, that I, what do I want to achieve? And, um, and how could I see this from the highest place? You know, like you have this chat with the king, you're, you're not thinking about your daily grind of mercury busyness running around. It's like, it's this beautiful moment where uh, we could get some really deep downloads and insights, you know, so meditating it, that was, you know, it's a, it, exactly, it's at a, it's a five minute window from like 7.54 to 7.59 a.m. But at 7.56 a.m., that's when it Mercury becomes the morning star. So it goes, it passes behind the sun, it comes out the other side. So evening star to morning star. So Mercury as a morning star has more of a, of a yang influence. Um, um, yeah, like just more, you know, herald of a new day. So I think that we'll see a lot of legislation this month and laws and legislation and politics emerging, right? Once Mercury gets out from under the beams later on in the month, um, you know, we will be able to see um, and and these new agreements. Mercury is definitely about commerce and and, and agreements and things. So I, I feel that that's where we'll there's some um, conversations that are being had that are going to be this in this new direction for for society. Um, Mercury will then trine Uranus. So then again, the emphasis is on taking these long term solutions and infusing them with innovation, uh, with things that can bring us liberation, freedom, um, innovative genius thinking, inventive thinking, breakthroughs, technological breakthroughs. So, um, you know, that Venus is going to, in Aquarius is, you know, the agreement making people, you know, all future oriented, right? There's that energy trining Mars and Venus is also going to square the nodes. So that, that could speak to like, the outsider, the outlier, the person speaking up, which brings us to dun, 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 dun. Tuesday, January 10th. That is the day Penguin Books is releasing Harry's Prince Harry's memoir, Spare. Um, I'm definitely going to go check that out. I think I'll go, go to my library. Nothing against you, Harry Meghan. I love you dearly, but you got a lot of money. And, you know, I just want to keep my paper recycling used library books um, <laughs> maybe there's a waiting list for it i don't know but i have to say i was very i was fascinated with i'm only up to like episode three of the netflix documentary and i think it was very i have to say i spent most of my life in the media business and i have to say i felt journalistically it it was very well i don't feel it was salacious and gossipy it was very well presented and it definitely sees things from their point of view. And it, it it was definitely, there was some moments of Toto pulling back the curtain on the wizard of IE Royal family about things that we didn't know that were running the show. And again, that's a very Mercury conjunct Venus and Capricorn retrograde near Pluto, right? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that, that, that royal that left our family and you know well he's telling us a lot of truth here and um anyway i i find i found it very i'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that and also reading uh what he has to say uh it gave me a lot a lot of empathy uh for them of uh what it must be like to to be in that kind of a of a situation but i think again arch archetypally it is speaking to a very big dynamic very much the Saturn Uranus square, which we no longer in in that exact square, it has faded. Um, but in the that really came into focus two years ago, 
and it played out over 2021 and, and into 2022, but it's this feeling of the need to be liberated, the need to have a progressive vision, but that conflict with the past, with Saturn and Uranus, you know, that what's, what do we keep? What do we take? Uh, what's, what's not working? Um, and, and being, and being able to speak up and be liberated by, um, by these, and, and infused with new values. You know, when you think about Uranus being in Taurus, you know, what are these new values? So, and, and values that are, you know, certainly, um, honoring many things, honoring, well, in the case of Harry and Meghan, it's obviously this relationship with, with the royal family. So, um, very interesting day for P Prince Harry's book publication. <laughs> and I'm bringing this up because I want to say that, you know, there are, there are many, there is uh, different things here that I'm, um, different things that I'm looking at. Let me, hold on, let's just be right back. Yeah, I think just, you know, generally speaking, stepping back for a moment, I think the biggest conversations for the month of January are um, very Uranian, um, it, it, very much around earth changes, as we've been speaking about, like, for example, the drought and Lake Powell and um, the electric grid, even uh, there was some news about people had, in, I think it's the state of Washington, somebody tried to attack the grid there. I mean, it's just, yeah, Uranus and Taurus about to station direct, you know, it definitely pulls up all these stories and um, the awarenesses of these things. But yeah, the fragility of our electric grid, Uranus ruling electricity, uh, wind and weather, obviously, with Mars retrograde in Gemini. And even though he's going to go direct on the 12th, it'll still be he'll still be out of bounds and he'll still be in Gemini. And so there's still a lot that is being, uh, okay, maybe he's not speeding backwards on the interstate and out of his lane. Now he's just going forward, but he's still out of his lane. <laughs> so there could be, I, I would think there, there still could be extreme weather events. Sorry to say, I'm just, just being real here. Um, we could be seeing more of that, um, hopefully, and again, um, start to get, get some mitigation once Mars goes direct. Um, but dealing with that throughout the month of January. Uh, the other thing too, the loudest conversation, so earth changes, uh, like I said, uh, wind, weather, drought, uh, currency and legislation changes um, and relationships, but we've already covered that, relationships you know, with, with Mercury retrograde in, in the family dynamic of Capricorn and conjunct with Venus. So we've spoken about that. Um, and Mars, of course, uh, Mercury retrograde and Mars and Gemini, um, you know, Mercury, it, the host of Mars's backward crazy movement is a retrograde now, a retrograde Mercury. So yeah, wacka, wacka, wacka doodle. <laughs> it's like, woo. <laughs> and you're like, I wonder why I can't get my goals moving. Okay. <laughs> it's like, don't beat up on yourself. Um, but anyway, the last that that trendy thing, though, and I've, I've had my eye on this for months um, with Mars is uh, Mars is going to station direct at eight degrees. And that is going to be on um, January 12th. So it is very it, it's it's at its almost stationary direct point. And it has to do with um, it's going to be conjunct Uranus in the USA chart. Uranus is at eight degrees Gemini. So Mars is backed up and it's being, it's going to hit that eight degrees on January 12th. Um, 
it will, Mars is going to be, um, it's going to reach his, his maximum declination on, not until March, March 18th. So that is, so the, the out of bounciness, right? Veering out of that lane on the highway, it's still going on and it will reach it. The, he'll be veering the furthest by March 18th. After March 18th, he'll start slowly moving back towards his lane again. And so um, going direct, but uh, of course will be direct, but it will, you know, things will go a little bit more um, smoother and not as chaotic. So the chaos level is going to start to decrease uh, once we get into March. So it's still, it's still intense there. I will say though, that Mars stationing direct conjunct USA Uranus, that to me is a new direction. We could definitely see some new developments, cryptocurrency, um, as we know that that lunar eclipse in November was exactly uh, uh, the one that was um, the solar eclipse conjunct Venus. I knew crypto was going to get a hit. Well, yeah, that that man Samuel Bankman Freed, you know, in big trouble. Uh, the crypto markets all crazy chaotic. But I feel that there's something that's going to be emerging around the U.S. currency, U.S. dollar, uh, crypto, any and all of that, with Mars stationing direct on that point. So look to see the middle of January where some big news coming out. Of course, Mars in the sign of Gemini, ruling the news media, see some big changes, changes in direction, digital currency, very, very loud conversation. Um, but anyway, so if we could just zip back to Prince Harry, I'm not finished with you, Prince Harry. Um, <laughs> that Mars stationing direct, right? It's two days before Mars stations direct, right? It's, it's at that really intense place. Um, so the book, the book gets published and the, the astrology for the book is really interesting because Mars is, um, at that stationary direct point and it's making a trine, um, with, uh, Venus, Venus is an Aquarius at exactly at eight degrees on that day. So it's eight, it's eight, it's on Mars's day. It's on a Tuesday, which is Mardi, right? French is Mardi, the day of Mars. So I'm like, wow. And um, talk about you know your relations and um, and and siblings and relatives and all of that is very Geminian and Venus and Aquarius right being there's some serious uh, conversations going on here and there could be a break in alliance you know with with Venus and Aquarius and it could be um, you know it's like okay it's time it's time like we're done maybe the royal family were say might say we're done with you who knows. Um, but definitely the conversation around polarized thinking and polarizing relationships and, you know, who do you love on which side do you love, you know, could be really loud around that time. Obviously it speaks to all this at the same time, Mercury, the sun and Pluto are all going to be pretty close in, um, in Capricorn. And so, uh, wow you know again bombshell revelations they have been promising that and the the astrology is clearly showing that um so this is called um looking under the hood with family dynamics with the structures like again what kind of legacy is this where, where are we you know um where are we, where, where are we going with, where is the future of the Royal family? You know, a lot of people have been asking that for many years and certainly since Queen Elizabeth passed away, it's come up again. Well, it's really going to come up again, very strongly. Certainly Pluto and Capricorn has dealt with Black Lives Matter, the racist 
undercurrents that have been so inured in our society for 400 years. 400 years, it's like crazy, right? The 1619 Project, that's how you remember, it's over 400 years, 403 years, the first slave ship arrived in the United States, 1619. And this Pluto and Capricorn, um, just breaking down these uh, unconscious structures of institutional racism, very, very clear. And so that book, like I said, it don't look at like this at this on the surface. Look at these things and these initiatives in a more expanded way of, of that it is reflecting consciousness. So it, we get to ask ourselves: Well, are, are are we perturbed? Does this perturb you that Harry and Meghan are saying these things? Does it perturb you to look at the royal family and their reaction or lack of reaction? Um, does it? I'm going to ask. Does it perturb you that so much focus is on Harry and Meghan, and yet there's this um, uncle, <laughs> Harry's uncle, should be in prison for um, molesting a minor? <laughs> Hello? Like, talk about stepping over some dark stuff. You know, uh, yeah, Andrew got stripped of his titles, but it's like, that dude, people who do those things go to prison, and he escaped scot-free. So all of this humdrum stuff and, and all of this this big it's like this whitewashing to to kind of you know consider that there is so much on this topic but meanwhile there's this man who committed a crime and he's just carrying on with his life and out of prison so you know that's just one one um thing to look at and and i think this is going to really um you know come up even louder um, this, this, the way in which this manip these manipulations occur, and and certainly with the press. Anyway, um, yeah. So the, the, uh, this conversation around polarization, around relationships, around um, liberation, and and we're all, you know, this is our opportunity to really um, have deep um, conversations going to that mountaintop, taking a friend or loved one that you might have or family member that you may have had um, issues with and to just sit down and have a really good deep convo with Mercury in retrograde. He's not in the the, the dross of everyday life. It, it gives you an opportunity to kind of look at the big picture on a more divine, uh, a higher mind plane. And so these uh, energies this month, you know, it, it's, I think it's a very dynamic month. I know, of course, March is going to be really big. Everybody's talking about that, you know, Saturn and Jupiter, uh, Saturn and Pluto, both changing signs. Yes, that is big, but this month is very critical. And um, you'll see when I do the 2023 broadcast, um, there's other things that are, I think, even more, or just as um, important on that high level that take place later in the year. But anyway, uh, let me wrap this up. So Mercury will station direct on January 18th at eight degrees of Capricorn. So there's there's a lot of eight energy, right? Eight, eight, eight. Um, as this, and the day that Mercury stations direct, um, so all these revealings and such, now moving forward, the sun will be exactly conjunct Pluto. So again, this is a whole month of a lot of revealing, a lot of revelation around things that were not known that have been maybe swept under the rug or just could be just unconscious patterns that we've had or survival patterns that we don't, didn't realize was were operating. So we're grateful for this opportunity to have this come to light. Mercury will be out of its shadow 
uh, past the 25 degree point um, February 7th. So this this is a uh, this is a continuing story. But the uh, the getting back to normal and integrating the insights that we learn during these next three weeks will be pretty much complete by um, by February 7th. Um, anyway, um, sun, of course, this month, the sun will go into Aquarius on January 20th. Um, this is where the suns, Venus and Saturn are all together be co-present for this ingress. So this is the final ingress of the sun in, in Aquarius where Saturn is in Aquarius. So it's in domicile. And um, this is, of course, a, a really big deal because Saturn's been in domicile for five years. Saturn's been doing his Saturn thing without any interruption, you know, social distancing, masking, right? Government shutdown or quarantine, you know, all, you name it, right? We've seen it. Um, the Unfortunately, the tragedy, the Capitol riots, you know, we, we've seen it's not all bad. We've also seen good stuff like, you know, infrastructure uh, being addressed in our society and, you know, planning for the future, whether or not you we agree with what the politicians have have in store. There certainly were, uh, there is a lot of, uh, you know, of that conversation, very, very powerful, Saturn and Aquarius. So this is the last time we'll have um, the last ingress of, of the sun and Aquarius where all three are together in that in that sign. And where Saturn is in domicile, won't be back in domicile for, you know, 27 years. So, um, yeah, so there's there's that. Um, there's the, the next day we have the new moon, one degree of Aquarius. This will be um, a conjunct, a very fortunate fixed star called Altair, which is the eagle. And the new moon will be in the bounds of Mercury. Mercury still in Capricorn. So these these long-term connections and conversations around government, business, politics, society um, are very much still still in the mix for the new moon, looking from taking the best of the past and then how do we roll that forward into the future, into a society that is going to be humanitarian oriented, that takes care of each other. Um, Saturn, Sunday, January 22nd, we have Venus and Saturn um, are going to be tight, conjunct. Interesting day because um, Venus and Venus is finally going to meet up with Saturn, and then 46 minutes later, Uranus is going to go direct. Well, Uranus is in Venus's domicile in Taurus, so whoa, there's there's a really powerful uh, lineup for you on the 22nd of um, January, and that you know that might feel like a victory lap of. Uh, of you know future oriented topics um these the things that we've been looked at so clearly these past 5 years with saturn in his own domicile and then the last two and a half years with saturn in aquarius so um just kind of, i feel it, it could almost feel like a victory lap because venus being there maybe we're seeing the benefits and the grace and the um, you know good things that have come from from all of this Aquarian energy. Then uh, sat the twenty sixth at the end of the month, January twenty sixth, twenty seventh, depending on your time zone, Venus goes into ingress. Will go into Pisces, so that's going to be a softer energy. Certainly, as Venus is exalted in Pisces, so as Venus has gains a lot of dignity. So it leaves Aquarius that, which can be very cold and <laughs> cold and strict and almost feels like giving up certain relationships or 
connections for the for the good of the, of the whole, for the good of the tribe or the community, you know, so we're now it's rolling into this softer, sweeter expression in exaltation in Pisces. So there's a sweetness and a forgiveness. And I would think a great idea, a place for creativity. Um, and why do I say that? Because the end of the month, um, the um, January 30th, and it'll go into February, about February 4th, Jupiter is going to form what's called an antitia with Neptune. So what's an antitia? It's a secretive conjunction. And it, it, it has, even though Jupiter's in the sign of Aries, uh, the if you add up the degrees between Jupiter and Neptune, it comes to about 30 degrees. And so that can, and air, um, cardinal sign, mutable. When those are together in those in within 30 degrees of each other, or at 30 degrees, that's considered an antitia. So it's like this secretive, you know, it doesn't show on paper as a conjunction, but the energies blend, they have they have a resonance. And so I'm thinking about last year when we, in what, April last year, look, I'm already in 2023. Uh, back in the spring, you know, April, May, we had that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Literally, they were together in Pisces. So I feel that those few days could give us a kind of a revisiting that energy between Jupiter and Neptune. Um, like, wow, you know, creativity, poetry, love, uh, forgiveness, idealism, um, ideal, divine love, divine, you know, grace um, in whatever area of your chart where you have uh, Aries, you know, Pisces, Aries, you know, whichever those two houses and wherever you have um you know, uh, where Jupiter will have that antitia with Neptune. So that will be the area of your life that could receive this infusion of hope and confidence and optimism. And I would say, you know, a desire for a beautiful, ideal world, very Neptunian, and certainly great for writing, publishing, creativity, art, music, dance, like all those wonderful performing and all those wonderful Neptunian things. So look for that at the end of the month. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, the last thing to say is that sun's going to trine Mars at the end of the month, January 29th and 30th, the sun, and then Mercury will, um, there's going to be two trines, sun trine Mars and Mercury uh, trining Uranus. So again, these uh, themes that we've already covered, you know, um, but highlighting um, changes, ideas, changing unusual, different out of the box um, solutions too. I want to bring that in, you know, as much as we might feel the chaos of Mars retrograde and or Mars now going direct in Gemini and very shaky, <clears throat> there's also this capacity for, um, and it will go through May, May 5th, you know, there where solutions to uh, these uh, to problems, problem solving comes from unusual places that are outside the bounds, right? It's like, you know, when they say, stay in your lane, well, Mars is like, F you, I'm I'm not staying in my lane, right? I haven't stayed in my lane since October 28th. Uh, okay, but um, but the good news about that is that we get to see things in a, in a new perspective, standing outside a normal boundary of problem solving. So that'll be really great. And Uranus going direct in the sign of Taurus, we have very practical, grounded, practical, efficient solutions. Um, this is what is highlighted you know, using technology or innovation or in our minds, in our um, imaginations, um, becoming very inventive, unique, unusual, out-of-the-box thinking, still very much at the fore for this month. So 
Um, that's all I have for you today. I hope that this was useful to you. Um, please do like, share, subscribe. I love hearing about from everybody. Um, how are you going to, what are your goals and what are you excited about with 2023? Please let me know down below. Um, and yes, I will work on that. Um, oh, I might just watch before I do the 2023 forecast. I have to do a little, I'll just watch another episode of Harry and Meghan or no, what was the new one? Oh, the new, the new um, Emily in Paris is back on Netflix. Woo! It was kind of as great as last year. Uh, maybe I have to get into it more, but whatever. Well, I'm going to take a break and I hope you do too. It's still this holiday week. <laughs> anyway, love you all. Thank you so much for listening. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. If you want a session, 2023, we got the goods. I'll show you where all the stuff is taking place in your charts. So hit me up. Glad to help. All right. Bye for now. Namaste.